Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Fresh Talk. I'm What's Chris. I'm Kai. I'm Dan. And I didn't say Fresh Cast because last week I introduced it as Fresh Cast. And as we've discussed many times on Fresh Talk, we can't and call off. it Fresh Cast because there's a bunch of techno podcasts called Fresh Cast because apparently techno people like to use the word fresh. It is a, but it's, but it's like a bunch of weird stuff too. It's not even just that. I mean, you think it would be like breakfasts or vegetables, but it's none of those things. It's, <laughs> yeah. Nothing is fresh about any Good of them. smells or something. So yeah, you're listening to Fresh Talk, which Zapping. is the Army of Freshmen weekly podcast. We were scheduled to have one of our first guests. Well, uh, you know, a lot of people have been writing and saying, are any of the other guys in the band going to pop in? Absolutely, 100%. And we were going to have our first band member appearance tonight, which was Aaron Goldberg, and we pl- plugged it on Twitter. We were going to do an Ask Aaron session. A couple questions got sent in. But unfortunately, Aaron, at his day job, which they think he only works once a week, um, got called in late and could not come. So therefore, we're reinstating uh, last week's popular news segment, Shitting on Goals! <laughs> um, Dan, um, you've been friends with Aaron since the beginning of time. Pretty much, yeah. Do, do you have a good uh, last week we discussed when he grew the Jufro on Warp Tour and and looked like a, a massive uh, celery stalk? Um, what's a, what's a good shit on Gold's moment that you want to share with uh, everyone I out got there one. in cyberspace? I got one too. I mean, God, I had there's so many. <laughs> <laughs> You know, we you should can, actually do a whole episode called Shitting on Golds. You grow up the with somebody, you, you know, you learn all their ins and outs. Special like, edition. <laughs> special edition. edition. You got any, any good one to share? Because uh, we can only do one a week. We can't yeah. go around because we'll be here for a long time. Uh, well, that's always the Week always one was when he grew a ha- horrible haircut and nobody had the... Okay, I'll, when stay, we could I'll stay in the vein. Uh, there, there was one time when we were uh, much... God, he, he must have been really young. We were, we were young. And um, he, I didn't actually like the Killers song. Yeah. <laughs> when we were young. And, uh, you sit there with your Jufro. It's <laughs> before the Jufro, and this is okay. why. Because okay. he decided at one point just to cut his own hair. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was a little kid. It's not uh-huh. like, you know, he was uh-huh. 15 or anything, I think. Did he, like, take it all off or... I th- he like had scissors and was like clipping it or something, and his mom and you know came in and was like, "Oh, Aaron, what are you doing?" And like had a, it was just funny. <laughs> Did he have a really story. jacked up haircut? Not that I remember, uh-huh. but again, it was a long, long yeah, time. Yeah, because Aaron, if anybody that knows Aaron, he's a guy that every once in a while he'll get an idea and he won't share it with anybody, and he'll just launch it, and you'll be like. Dude, why are you and wearing a fucking clothespin on your beanie? Because yeah. you, when everyone's like, hey, man, that's yeah. a very questionable decision, he'll be like, fuck you, it is. Yeah. This is my and thing. Like, then you start to think, wait, maybe that isn't. Maybe I'm the yeah. fucking weird one. Maybe he's forward thinking. But yeah. then in hindsight, you realize, <laughs> yeah. no, you were being an I asshole. I really didn't need a clothespin on my beanie while I'm wearing it. You know? <laughs> oh, man, we got to oh, save close. that one. So this has been another segment, shitting on goals. <laughs> when Aaron him. cut his own hair as a little kid. We'll be back next week unless Aaron joins us. Then we'll, we'll maybe we'll wait for him to we'll leave the room punched. for. Uh, we'll send him out for beers and we'll do a quick shitting on Golds while Golds is here. We want to thank everybody listening to the podcast because he has yet to find out about this segment. We How, appreciate it. Because he's off the grid, he's man. Off the How grid, do you exactly. find him? Unless, yeah. Again, unless you're going to send him like a carrier pigeon or a, like a game, go Game of Thrones and send him <laughs> but, a crow. But, but we're, we're still, we're, Nobody we, knows we're, where to we're closing in on, exactly. on two weeks now of sh- the shitting on Golds segment not reaching Golds himself. So um, that's, that's good. We're very excited about that. Uh, how have you guys been, Kai? Up to anything interesting since we last spoke? Uh, not really. Just, you know, did the Thanksgiving thing, ate too much, drank too much, ran a 5K. I think we all did the same thing in different locations. Mm-hmm. Good, good, good. Dan? Yeah, same thing. Uh, Thanksgiving, too much food, too much beer. Uh, also was uh, Hanukkah this week, so happy Hanukkah to all my Jews out there. 
Gold included. Excellent, excellent. Same thing. Had a nice uh, Thanksgiving. Ran a 5K, but not the one Kai was in. Another one. And very interesting thing that dawned on me today I was going to share with the podcast listeners. Um, I came in 37 in the 37? race. 37? But That's I came odd. in 37, i.e. punchline 37 everywhere. Trying to suck any dick it on the way everywhere. to the parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to win any races it, on the way it, to the parking it, lot. It's everywhere. So unfortunately, the punchline would have been number one everywhere. I feel that I would have won the race. But unfortunately, I came in 37. <laughs> what but, was your time? Hey, 37th is not bad. No, no, it was good. It was good. I, How uh, many people ran at 38? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was actually very impressive. I was proud of myself. I didn't get the time I wanted to do, but I, I did good overall. So That's good. It was fun. And it was a Thanksgiving morning run and you did one as well same day but you yeah. did one with a fake mustache right well uh, that fake picture. mustache actually was just a gift uh, right before the starting line there was people handing out Ron Burgundy mustaches to promote the new Anchorman no, movie swear to God. It, was a, it was a cardboard cut out of Ron Burgundy's head and the mustache pokes out of that and clips into your septum uh-huh. so <laughs> basically like everyone just uh, there was a, a lot of that 5K running with these cardboard mustaches on, but then it was funny because at the finish line, they were just, just littered everywhere. everywhere. That's funny, man. You know, uh, speaking of, I don't know if you guys caught wind of this, but they're doing a lot of kind of off-the-grid promotions. I have seen some of this stuff. They're doing every Ron kind Burgundy. of promotion. He went to Bismarck, I believe North, North Dakota, Dakota, and did a full episode of the local news with the local He was actually the anchor man. That's unbelievable. He was the actual anchor man, and he played it in character. So he didn't stray. You watch it, and it's not really funny. It's, oh. I mean, it's funny because you can't believe he's doing this, and the other newscasters trying not to laugh, but he does, I mean, we're a full 30, I watched a full <laughs> 30 minutes of Bismarck News, and it's like small town news. It's, it's just brilliant. I mean, that's he, so cool. He's the master. He's the funniest human being. Being alive. Yeah, only he would actually do that. Because <laughs> yeah. I mean, think about that. You got to contact the Bismarck News thing. You keep it on the download. Yeah. Keep it on the download. Fly out there. Bring your mustache and Ron Burgundy suit, and then do get the news report. Read it. I just wonder, like, what the people there were thinking. Because he could have done local news anywhere in the United States, but he picked like North Dakota, which in in America is probably one of the ne- most. Would you say neglected or kind of? It's considered one of the smallest, yeah. weirdest states. You know. Well, just it's just. It's just pretty sparse yeah. because yeah. once it's like it's middle and pretty north. north. It's like it's Canada. Just, it's yeah. hard to get to. I mean, there are very few states in this country we have not played music, and North Dakota is one You're of right. those states. That's, that's yeah. very true. There's only seven. Yeah. We've played in 43 states. There's only seven we haven't played in, and North Dakota is one of them. It was very true. Very interesting. We did South Dakota and had some good times. Yeah, there. yeah we did. We actually were talking about that South Dakota we were. thing after the last slept podcast. In a, slept in a child's race car bed that night. Yeah, the post-podcast. Yeah. <laughs> if you will. Post-cast. Yeah, post <laughs> <laughs> well, um, great. So we are uh, enjoying, and now we are into December, which is always a great time. Very busy, I know, for a lot of people. Um, Aaron and I were going to drop some big news about something we're working on, but unfortunately, he's not here. So I'm going to save it till next week because I want him here to be able to talk about it so forth. And I'm still trying to get some things locked in so I don't look like an idiot if I start talking about it and it don't happen. So bear one week for everybody that was looking for the big news announcement. Hopefully, I'll be able Psych. to drop it next week. Psych. December Fools. But you did get a free episode of Shitting on Gold, so that's always worth it. Um, so. <laughs> Uh, let's uh, let's get to one of our segments that we've been doing. Underrated bands. Dan, you had one that you wanted to bring to the table. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out an oldie but a goodie. A uh, little band, relatively local, called Nerf Herder. Yay! Great band. Great band. Great name. Absolutely. Uh, Star Wars reference, correct, Kai? Absolutely. Yes. From, yeah. from Empire Strikes Back. Gotcha. And it's, I believe it's an insult. Right? It is. Yeah. yeah. It's basically Princess Leia says I would in, instead of. 
kissing Han Solo says, mm-hmm. I would rather kiss a scruffy looking nerf herder, which yeah. they never explain or no, you never see one, but you assume it's like. You assume they mean a band from yeah. Santa Barbara. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I would I mean, if you want to classify them, and I don't know if this is the correct term, and I don't want to insult anybody, but they were basically nerd pop punk. You know, they were pop punk, but they were they they were nerdy. They embraced it. I yeah. mean, their lyrics were but about it, being and losers pop punk, and like dorks of, and like the Lookout Records kind of pop punk. Mm-hmm. They were very like Mr. T experience. Yeah, very fast, very hooky. But their debut record to me is a classic. Absolutely, I mean, there's not a bad first song two on if you that record. Me. Yeah, oh yeah, How to Meet Girls, their yeah, second wonderful. record, and they had a minor radio hit in the yeah. alternative years, and it was uh, Van, Van Halen. Halen. Halen, and sure. the song is hilarious. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, just. The video is great. It's, too. A, it's a catchy song. It's a great video, and uh, they were signed to a major label very briefly, but but continued to stay together for years, and and very cool. They kind of had a hiatus for a while, yeah. But they are back. I mean, they are getting ready to record a new record, to the best of my knowledge. Yeah, they're definitely in the studio recording something, right? Like. At the moment, probably. Mm. And their lead singer, awesome. uh, Perry Grip, if you want some hardcore Army freshman trivia, our second record, Beg, Borrow, Steal, Perry Grip, the lead singer of Nerf Herder, sings the verses on the song Hard to Say. That's right. And he walked into the studio because we were recording in Santa Barbara, and he literally walked in. I remember Aaron jumped up and said, Perry Grip from Nerf Herder's here. We got to get him on the record. And we literally, right there, asked him to sing on the record and gave him lyrics, and he just did it on the spot. And uh, we played with Amazing. them a few times. Yeah, yeah a few times. Yeah. And that was the studio, Orange Whip Studios, which is was like the Santa Barbara studio for that scene. I yes. mean, that's where the Sugar Colts, the Nerfers, the Lag Wagons, the Ataris, all those bands that came out in that that 2000s mm. of, came out of Santa Barbara, that was their yeah. base. That was there. And we happened to record and Big Bar Steel Weather, which was pretty badass, too. Yeah. Jeff Bridges. Yeah, and, oh, yeah. Jeff <laughs> and the dude. The dude that, also recorded that a record, record there. there. That's true. Yeah. So, Nerf Herder. Um, what are some of your favorite Nerf Herder songs? Oh, uh, well, God, I think my favorite's probably Golf Shirt. Great, oh, great I mean, song. That, that's a masterpiece. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a perfect song. I'm gonna throw out a very underrated one, which is which is a Nose Ring Girl. I love oh, Nose Ring Girl. I love that song. <laughs> yeah. um, I love. I mean, uh, that that chill verse. I think I knew just her. All, yeah, we all knew her. I mean, it's we, you know, I think um, and, and Nerf Herder's very friend. funny. There, there was a lot of, there was a lot of comedy in their songs. Absolutely. One song that I think is still hilarious is uh, uh, I'm a Pervert. <laughs> I mean, what a great yeah. song. I'm a pervert. I'm a pervert. I've got sweaty palms. I mean, that's the, the refrain. It's, it's incredible. So um, this is a really weird Sorry. Fact. Sorry, yeah. No. That was their other minor radio hit. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was the second one. Um, Sorry, I jacked up inside your window. Vivian, the lead off track on the second record. So good. Um, One, uh, we, a bit of a legal bootleggery before it was really popular and easy, but when we were at Orange Whip, we were digging through the CDs in the lobby, and I found a CD just handwriting on it that just said Nerf Herder demos. And basically, they must have dropped some demos off. And there were demos, I believe, before the second record. Mm-hmm. And there were. Um, two things of note: um, uh, Courtney Love, which was the single on uh, "How to Meet Girls." Mm-hmm. There was the original; it's the version with the original lyric, just hilarious as it can be. But but at the end, why do some people say? 
that you killed Kurt Cobain. And then I think for legal reasons, they couldn't, you know, put that. Right. Because yeah. he basically yeah. Yeah. Like, talks about killing Kurt Cobain. But there was a song on there, and it's not one of the songs that Perry Grip wrote. Um, it was one of the other the members Cougar wrote it. Steve? Not, not the Cougar. No, he was the drummer. He was the drummer. drummer. Um, Who, incidentally, I lived next to for a year. Yeah, that's crazy. That's, that's all that story. Yeah, Dan, Dan party with him. It was, I did. It was pretty badass. Uh, it was the guitar player that they had in the band for a while. It was a song called Jacket, which they ended oh, up yeah, recording yeah. Oh, on song. American Cheese. Yeah. Um, but the demo version's actually, I actually think is a little better in a weird way, but it's a beautiful, really haunting breakup song. And totally. it's fast, but it's got a real sad, it's got some really cool imagery. And I just, I, I love that song. Great I song. Mean, and I listen to Nerf Herder all the time. I Me really too. feel that that's the definition of an underrated band. Yeah, you know? absolutely. I think they just went a little too nerdy for some people. And a lot of people get, it's not, they weren't cool. Yeah, they, they weren't cool. And they didn't even, like even Weezer, who was that nerdy, they still had a look. They still gave you an indie coolness. Yeah. Where Nerf, I remember seeing them yeah. when they were first starting and they were up there and each one had a different color golf polo shirt on yeah. and like those plaid golf pants. Yeah. I mean like, just great. and they're a bunch of older dudes. And, and they, 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 they were, early, they were a little older when their first yeah. record yeah. came out. I remember seeing them one time in Santa Barbara at the living room open for the Aquabats. Oh, amazing. And amazing show. I remember being like, what's with these old dudes in these plaid pants thinking about jacking off? Like, yeah. They're, yeah. Like, they about they're us, kind yeah. of yeah, like, yeah, yeah. they're kind of like my uncle that might want to touch me in a weird way. Yeah. Like it was a kind of a weird and, uncle, and which was badass. He looked like the lead singer of a rock band. He looked like a high school science they teacher. They all kind of did. Yeah. yeah. But they were all really good guys. Super nice knows. guys. Super nice guys. Other, I, I think, here's a great question. Uh, I could, I would put up an argument that they are the best band ever to come out of Santa Barbara. Ooh. I can't say that. Sorry. Lagwagon. Do you consider Lagwagon Santa Barbara? They're Because don't they, didn't one, they claim Galita? It's the same thing. Eh, it's the same thing <laughs> if you're getting picky. That's true. Yeah, it's the same. It's like saying best band from Ventura. How about one Cameron. of the best bands? Oh, without it, Without question. Yeah, without yeah, question. Yeah. I mean, one Dan, of the best five, I would give you. The probably the best. The drummer, second. Steve the Cougar, who's referenced in Nose Ring Girl, is a funny is. line yes, to reference your own drummer. No, he's in... Diana, anyway. Diana, you're Diana. right. You're oh, right. Great song also. Yeah. Oh, and Aaron's not here, but Aaron absolutely is a maniac and absolutely loves Annalee. It's yes. a great song. Great song. Great song. Literally, it's, it's really weird that that's one of Aaron's, like, one of his favorite songs. Just it's adores that fucking song. masterpiece of a song. Yeah, huh? totally. It's great. Um, so, Dan, your Cougar story, the drummer from Perry. Yeah, yeah, Cougar the drummer, not Cougar the Cougar. Uh, I'd, I'd actually prefer to her a Cougar story. Me too. But, uh, we'll you, save that for the... After show. Speaking of South Dakota, <laughs> hey, where's the instant rim shot? Um, yeah, I was living in a in a condo, you know, in Ventura, East, uh, West Ventura, which is kind of out here. It's called the Avenue. It's not the nicest part of town, in but it's ghetto. it's you know we were a little north on the Avenue. We were kind of out of the ghetto. <laughs> in the ghetto. Yeah, that's famous last words. We weren't in the ghetto, ghetto. <laughs> I mean, it was like a street away, but it was kind of by a middle school, so it wasn't terrible and. You know, and the, the people that lived behind us in the condo, they had a dog. They had two dogs, actually, and I had two dogs at the time. And they would go out and bark at each other. I'm like, oh, look at those cute little dogs over there. <laughs> and then one day, the, my girlfriend at the time um, said, yeah, the neighbors behind us like came over and gave me this flyer and said they're having a... Why, you're about 12 seconds Sorry. later. <laughs> didn't mean to play that. I was just trying to find it. <laughs> okay. Came over and said, hey, you know, my, my husband's turning 40. We're having a party for him, uh, just in case, you, you know, it's loud. And you guys want to come over? Can you know, just come on over? That's cool. And I was at work. My ex at the time told me, and I was like, well, so, sh and my friend Kyle, who I also worked with, I'm like, should we 
go over there? And my ex was like, yeah. Let's, and they said it was fine. So we went over there and like, is Steve here? Uh, and the person that answered the door didn't live there. And he was like, ah, yeah, he's over there thinking I was, you know, some dickhead trying to tell him to keep it down or something. And I walk <laughs> in and I see Marco from Sugar Cold and I'm like, oh, hey, Marco. And he's like, oh, dude, what's going on? What's your name? Dan, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we chatted and then I find out whose uh, house it is. And it was Steve fucking Cougar. And he was like, oh shit, I've been living next to you for a year. That's awesome. That is bizarre because you were a big Nerf Herder fan. Yeah, hell like, yeah. Out of everybody in the band, you were definitely one of the biggest guys that would always rock the records, you know, and you it's were living driving next to the drummer. Yeah, it's fantastic. Mm. That's a cool story. Nice dude too. A fun story too is a uh, bass player on that first record was Marco from Sugar Cult. Did he play on the first yes, record? Yes, he did. I know he was in Nerf Herder very early Look on. Look at that first record. Marco 72 bass. Really? Yeah. Because he's not in the picture on the record. He's, I'm almost positive. I know, I know he has Nerf Herder history. Yeah, but he I'm was the, he sure was the original he, bass player of that band. Yeah, but I don't think he's on the first record. I think he had left before the record came out. <clears throat> the internet. Yeah, we're getting into some serious freaking music geek. Yeah, you know, especially local music geek. Because if I, we live in Ventura County, Army Freshman's from Ventura, but there was a whole music scene that was very raging in Santa Barbara. So we were sort of the outsiders of that, to be honest. Shit, you're I right. Mean, yeah, he, he, was, he replaced the the guy who played on that record. Okay, uh, gotcha. For a brief period of time, because yeah. he started doing Sugar Cult, basically, yes. right? And that's a great band, too. We can talk yeah. about It's another underrated band. Well, hey, a lot of time, but if you've never been in a Nerf Herder, seek them out, find them, listen to them. They're fun. If you like to laugh when you listen to a good song, that's definitely the band for you. And it's another band that we're happy is still together and is still making music. And again, uh, kind of seems to be a running theme so far with our yeah. underrated bands. The Get Up Kids are back together. Matt Pryor's still making music. Lesson Jake still making music. We're Nerf Herder's back together. <clears throat> so I mean, that's great. One more quick note about Perry from Nerf Herder. Uh, if anybody's seen Derek, the show Ricky Ricky Gervais' new show. It's not new, but it's new to the U.S. Aired in the U.K. first. Um, the lead character Derek loves this video, and it's you know called Hamster on a Piano, and it's a hamster on a piano, and it's fucking Perry Grip. He yep. wrote it. That's yep. his song, and it's well, awesome. He also he wrote Monkey Riding on a Baby Pig. Yeah. He, that's oh, his shit, too, my God, and that's one of the greatest baby monkey on a baby pig yeah, or something like that. Yeah, he had like this internet thing happening yeah. for a while when Nerf Herder was cold where he was just doing these little jingles and doing internet YouTube jingles that are hilarious and awesome, and he made a solo record that was all jingles. <laughs> yeah, like, like, it's it was great. like 50 songs. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. There's two yeah. versions of that. Talk about like super waffles. weird music nerd guy. I got an advance of that that has like an extra 10 songs five more songs about waffles but i mean like yeah <laughs> good waffle songs that'll get you a cup of coffee you know nowhere but um all right yeah real... you're still awake thanks yeah yeah <laughs> cool so check out some nerf herder let's get into uh, this week's topic we're gonna talking about a great band that has great songs we're gonna talk about songwriting and songwriters today so uh maybe first and foremost we can talk about um Start. We'll start with Army of Freshmen and how we write songs and how we've done it for a very, very long time. Everybody writes songs differently. The process, I think, is different for everyone. Some people like to write words on a piece of paper and then put melodies and chords to it. Some people like to write all the music and then put words to it. Some people like to write the music and put a melody on it. Some people do it at the same time. Some people do it collectively. Some people do it by themselves and then show other people. There is no right way to write a song. Whatever's and, right for you. Yeah, and some people have asked that, you know, hey, uh, what, you know, how do you write a song? And really, it's whatever works for yeah. you as long as the end result is a song. And you, but you have to figure it out because most, usually, most people have a style, like a way, you know, mm. most you don't get very many people that can do 
every single way. You know, most yeah. people that write by themselves, you put them in with the group, they don't know what the fuck to do. It's yeah. just, it's a strange thing like that. But, yeah, it's very true. And then some yeah. people that write a lot in a group, when they're asked to go write a song by themselves, it sucks. Yeah. And you're just like, my God, you're a great songwriter. It's like, well, maybe you're a great unit. And totally. you can look back and, and historically speaking, I mean- The Beatles. The Beatles. <laughs> I mean, is there a better example? John Lennon and Paul McCartney together, in my opinion, are two of the greatest songwriters that ever lived. But- the, I don't solo? think anyone would disagree with that. Solo, nah. Hit or miss. Yeah. Hit or miss. You, you saw totally. brilliance, but it wasn't all brilliant. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, dude. I mean, Lennon even. Oh, yeah. There's, there's some unlistenable bullshit. There's on some most of those unlistenable stuff. And I mean, McCartney's <laughs> written some goddamn duds. I mean, yeah. he's he's proactive. He's written a lot. Yeah. But you look at his solo career, and there's really not like full records that you can be like, that's a great record. Whereas the Beatles, there's not a bad record. It's you true. Know? Absolutely. So, sometimes the combination of people work and I think Army of Freshmen, how what we write, I think that's a good example of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I feel that a lot of the times our best songs are someone brings in a riff, a song, an idea, a part, a course, almost kind of like an outline to a certain mm-hmm. extent. And then we all sort of come in together and shape it musically. And I'll just sit there in a chair and just immediately start jotting down lyrics and ideas if there's no melody or using the melody that's there. And we sort of very collectively and that's the primarily grow how we do things. And that's what's yeah. kind of unique, I think, about the way that yeah. we do it is that you're writing lyrics while the rest of us are writing music. So it's not like, okay, well, we have the lyrics, let's do the music, or yeah. we have the music, let's write the lyrics. It's kind of happening at the same time. It gives us a bit of a jump, too, because then I yeah. can toss some ideas out and you guys can play with them versus a lot of people, I think, write all the music to the band, then they give it to yeah. the singer and he goes home and sits in a tree. And I think and, one helps shape the other, where maybe yeah. one little part of the music gives you a lyric in your head, but then one lyric that you may write down, because generally, too, we end up with a chorus or a pre-chorus. Yeah lyrically first yeah. and then that will sort of kind of yeah. expand it's a very it's very organic you know because yeah. like yeah. most people way. I don't think would expect I think they would think it's a very clinical yeah. thing yeah yeah it's very true I mean a lot of times Owen will come in with an idea Aaron will come in with an idea you'll come Kyle in with an idea in. Kai will they're probably the, the primary people that bring in ideas and riffs and parts and then we sort of all work on them together I think it's a great way to write but I don't think it's for everybody because I no. think that there's some people that it's just not the way to and do I've it and I've even done you know? that with groups of people where it's just fucked because yeah. the people don't we for whatever reason Reason. we all speak the same language and we can like we all I don't know it's, it works everybody mm-hmm. does their own sort of thing and it, yeah. it works really and, well and I think people in some ways not to talk like a wrestling uh, a wrestler but they know their role you know totally. people kind of know like hey this is what I'm good at or this is when I can we've contribute we've never once had a drummer come in and be like I got a song guys yeah and that's the great joke that yeah. drummers all <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we'd no, he never wrote songs, did he? No, it was before your time. going way back. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. well, of course, b- b- fucking Blackburn wrote songs. <laughs> yeah. I wrote this song. It's, it's all symbols. Yeah. I mean, when you're first getting started, you're just trying to find the right people yeah, to work yeah. with, really, at the end of the day. So, I mean, that's how we go about it. But a lot of people, I know people that grab a notebook and write all words and poetry and lyrics, and then they attempt to put music to mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. But the biggest problem I have with that is I believe when that happens, um, at least for me as a, as a, a lyricist, I like to hear the music and let it take me someplace or inspire me or give me an idea or a place or a thought or, God, this song sounds hopeful or this sounds depressing or this sounds mean. And when you write the lyrics, then you have to try and put the music 
to tell this to the story yeah. where I like to kind of start the story from the music. And a lot of people, because I do have sort of a lot of our lyrics are stories. They may be small, they may be a little cryptic, but there's a story going on. I mean, I, I'm a fan of story yeah, songwriters, definitely. and a lot of people think that um, I write those out. And then you guys put music to it. And it's like, actually, I kind of try and get the, the direction from the story, be it a word or a melody. It comes from the music, you know? And then, But then in turn, I mean, whatever part of the music we're starting with tends to take, like I was saying, take shape a little bit. And you will kind of figure out the story and be like, okay, we can't do, not can't do, but maybe this bridge isn't really working because, I mean, I think they did definitely shape each other in, yeah. in terms of that. But I think one strong part to the way we do things too is because we're working on the music without an idea of the... The, the lyrics and the melody there is it it you start with a hook mm-hmm. you know we never has yeah. someone come in and be like I got just these two chords and that's it. The, yeah. These two chords don't make sense. There's, there, it usually starts with some sort of musical hook and it's just it builds this. It makes everything bigger and catchier. Yeah. I mean, yeah, so it, as opposed a- to if you're writing lyrics and you're coming up with just music, it's probably just going to be some chords underneath these words mm-hmm. and the music's probably not going to be. Just a little more boring, I think, a little less interesting. Yeah, so I and find. I always say, like with lyrics, when I'm giving people advice, uh, the few people that ask me for advice on that stuff, um, I always kind of say, don't like finish the song, even if you don't like the lyrics, yeah. even if you feel like you're missing it. Write lyrics for the whole song because you can always go back and clean up and cut and get rid of. But way too many people have these songs, and I would hate this. I always like to finish the song, but like I know people that have half songs, quarter songs. They've got songs, but they don't have lyrics. Well, take the two hours and sit down and put lyrics on them, even if you don't like them. Yeah. So then at least it's done because we run into situations sometimes. I know in producing bands where bands will come in and it's like how do you only have half of this? Or how do you only have a verse? Even if it's garbage and you know you're going to lose it, it's just the, it's the practice. It's the practice of the process of writing a full song and not exactly being a part guy. You That's know? exactly it. And they talk about this in lots of fields, you know, photography and other stuff. Like how often do you actually practice what you're trying to do? You can't just necessarily sit down and write a song. And even... And, you have to work at it. It's like everything else. So if you don't finish the song, you leave it unfinished, you're not actually putting the time in and honing your... You're writing half a song. Well, you're not honing the skill. You're yeah. not getting any better. You're like, ah, oh, fuck, this sucks. I'm out. I'm, out. I'm gonna go fucking play God of War or whatever. Yeah. Like, it doesn't help you. And any. when you're young and you're starting, and no matter what your age at, when you're writing songs, I mean, I wrote and wrote and wrote, and it's utter garbage. I mean, oh, I would be terrified too. for some people to see. I wrote a song. I was looking through my book of old songs and at the time you think everything's great. I had a huge book. Still have it. Whatever. And I used to sit in my apartment and just write tunes and show them to all the guys when we first started. And the majority of it was junk. You know, I mean, I wrote a song called Hitler Yarrow about what if the Nazis found out that Peter Yarrow was Jewish, but Hitler really liked harmony so he would be conflicted. <laughs> like I wrote that. That's not a joke. <clears throat> Lately, it's at least it a good occurs story. to me yeah. that Hitler is like story. Harmony. He probably dig Paul and Mary, but not Yarrow's ancestry. How do you remember those lyrics? But you can't remember lyrics to songs. His brain, his brain is full with the old shit. You feel can't remember. Get him up. I mean, but yeah. I mean, dude, we discussed it last week, but. Yeah, I mean, you were all there for my first band. Yeah. Think about how bad that shit is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, seriously. Like, dude, I mean, I mean. I wrote Skank, Skank, Skank till the cows come home. Dan's first band was you gotta say you, circumcised. You were not all there for my first band, for which I am thankful. Yeah. I did see you guys at a church once got forced to sit through a sermon. 
And you're not so even going to die. So what was your first... Oh, God, we should do a podcast yeah, on our this, first we should probably We should save that. Yeah. Tease this. So, I mean, so with songwriting, there's there's no... there's You can do it in many different ways, you know? And just because you're a great songwriter certainly doesn't mean you're a great musician, and it certainly doesn't mean you're a great singer. It means you're a great songwriter. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and that's something else that some people have to realize. Sometimes in a band, even though you wrote it, you need to pull back and let somebody else perhaps sing it or play a Absolutely. certain part because, hey, that's great that you wrote that, but that guy can can perform it better. Yeah. You know? And it's just not, you're not a good singer. You're not a great whatever, but this is a great song. Let Give it yeah. some life. Don't just piss the, it away. The number one rule I always say is it's for the good of the song. And that's yeah. how we've treated our band Absolutely. for whatever it's worth. And it's whatever is good for the song. If that guy singing it makes the song better, he sings it. If that bridge is a better bridge than the other bridge, that's the bridge that goes. You People get very, songs are like babies when you're a songwriter. It's your child. And you hate to have people attack your child or critique your child. Or but, change it. Or change, change it. Fuck with the vision that you have. Even though it's going to be, for, it ends up always being for the better, but it's hard to let go of that. Yeah, and honestly, if you can't, you need to be a solo artist. You shouldn't yeah. be in a band if you can't have other people in the band contribute or critique. I'm not saying that most bands have a chief primary writer. I mean, that's very, mm-hmm. very how it very usually common. works. And it tends to really work well. But at the same time, you can't be so, um, what would you call it, so defensive over your stuff. And again, I definitely want to have a podcast about Weezer, but that's a very good example from everything yep. I know about that band. They had somebody in that band on the first two amazing records that sort of balanced the process and had Clearly. input. And then all of a sudden when he was gone it was just the rivers show and rivers in my opinion lost it a little bit and suddenly there was no one to tell him if anything was good or bad and he ended up putting some very bad Bad. songs out but then you listen to the rentals and you can the george lucas effect yeah yeah Yeah. you and then you listen to the rentals where matt sharp went right and you can hear it's like you took those first two weezer records and you just sifted out the the, you separated everything yeah and it's just it just fucking angers me because if you put it together it'd still be great just it just makes me want to punch things yeah again again like mostly those new weezer records yeah oh god it just i I even the hydrogen and the oxygen together but it's not gonna make water exactly about that but um, you know, so so the songwriting, any anybody can do it too. That's another thing. Some people say I don't play an instrument. You can still write a song. Absolutely, you can still write lyrics. You can still come up with a melody in your head. Maybe you need to find someone else to put chords to it or actually perform it. But you should never stop. If you're interested in writing, you should write. And the you're best. only going to get better. Yeah. yeah, that's what even you know. Paul McCartney always says, "Is like, look, you know, George Harrison didn't write as many songs, but look, John and I had years before he, George even came to us with the song. Yeah, but look, he wrote something. You yeah. know, I mean, like, fuck, <laughs> that's that's one of the best Beatles songs yeah. there is. While my guitar gently weeps. Yeah. I mean, you, do, you, you know? just you just you will only get better. You just do it and do it and get yeah. out all the crap because it's gonna suck at first and it's gonna be hard, like anything. Yeah, and 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 I believe there's don't be afraid of that. You can always get lucky, and just even now." I mean, we've been songwriters for years, and we still will churn out a piece of shit. Oh, but the best part is when you yeah. get older, you know when it's a piece of shit. Exactly. But we still finish those turds every time. <laughs> you can't keep we that turd up yeah. in the butthole. Yeah, it's we don't pinch it off mid-loaf. Because then you get backed up, and you don't know how to take a good shit. Exactly. Mm. Gotta let that peacock fly. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Nobody wants a record, a record full of turtle heads, man. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so uh, let's talk about um, some, some songwriters that we like. So not necessarily 
great singers, not necessarily mm-hmm. great artists or great bands, uh, but just writers. Maybe they are all those things, but you know, just personally, <clears throat> some of our our favorites or who we feel are some of the all time greats. You know, um, Dan, you want to kick it off? Somebody you want to bring to the table that you really, whose writing you enjoy? Yeah, I. Um, I'm not 100% positive he writes all this stuff. He might, uh, but I, I think it's it Ben Gibbard from uh, Death Cat for Cutie. Oh, he writes all of it. Does he? Okay. Yeah. And I Chris Walla helps out a little bit, but it's all here, dude. Mm-hmm. I mean, have you heard a solo record? Uh, either of it, I think. I don't know. Oh, dude, it's great. I mean, there's a song he wrote. He writes on his iPhone. It's called something like Standing in Front of Sh- like Shepherd's Bush, and he just takes his iPhone and just writes a song in layers and layers and layers while he's just and it, the whole song is about walking around Shepherd's Bush before a show just being bored wow. and it's it's incre- and it's brilliant it's just yeah, he's a real special guy he, he is, is man he can just crap out mm-hmm. even some even favorite his favorite songs of his and his projects it, uh, if you don't know who he is obviously he is Death Cab for Cutie. Yeah, the, he's the guy from Death Cab for Cutie. And, and Postal, Postal Service. service. Um, and he, I think it was great that that Postal Service thing happened how it did because that's yeah. where he probably made a lot of his money. Oh, he know? made. That's where he made his first money, I <laughs> yeah. guarantee you that. I yeah. mean, he had a gold record with that before Death Cab. But he, he's the type of writer that deserves... That type oh, of certainly. but he's a writer that got the type of attention. That's not he, someone that's underrated. Yeah. That's no, a guy no, that had a lot of success. Still having a lot of success. Know? I mean, yeah. there was there's a hit off that solo record he has. I mean, but he worked a long time. That band. I live in New York. What do you like about his writing? What do you like about his writing? What stands out for you about uh, him? Just the way that he paints a picture. Like I can really, for some, there are certain artists that just speak to. I don't know if it's just me or everybody, but just speak to me, and I can really envision what they're talking about. I yeah. can get myself in that. Whatever it is, you know, it's a song like Passenger Seat. But most of the stuff that I'm familiar with is off of Transatlanticism because mm. I kind of fell off the Death Cab thing for a while. But sounds like you need to get back on if you're repping him like that. <laughs> but he was just so good. Like it was a period of time for me that I was like, oh my God, yeah. this guy is speaking my fucking language. Yeah. And I'm like, just, he, he really, um, but that's the best yeah, thing yeah. about a song Absolutely. is when it speaks to you as a listener, where it jumps out of those speakers and something about it, you relate to it. That's, and that's the real magic. There are know? songs that I will hear, Postal Service is actually one of those bands, where mm-hmm. I'll hear a song or a record and it will take me back exactly, exactly. to yeah. a moment. It's I mean, the best. I can't it's listen to best. that Postal Service yeah. record without thinking of being on tour years ago. We were making some long ass drive. For, we, for some reason, we drove like across Kansas to Oklahoma for something. There was like a reason I think maybe a Bowling for Soup show or something driving the middle of the night everyone has passed the fuck out it's tornado season and shit is getting real it's raining the sky's getting creepy and I'm like we're all gonna die this tornado yeah, gonna so hit many moments. it's raining balls I'm listening to that record and anytime I hear Postal Service I go right back to that like to the exact not even a period of time like yeah. an instant in, in instant time. moment I am behind a wheel of a car driving to Oklahoma in the middle of the night it's yeah. raining balls and I think we're all gonna die and a lot of times um, with girls too I mean let's be frank yeah, you know, to be honest it yeah, just will remind you of a girl or maybe that song wasn't around when you were with that girl but you hear it and the lyrics or the story it's like god that's I totally forgot about that broad or yeah. mm-hmm. fall in love with her all over yeah. again like a good song oh, can make you love or hate somebody yeah I mean, it's very true very true who do you I, got Kai? Uh, real quick for Gibbard, I think his lyrics. I just think he's one of the few guys recently that has come out with sort of his own voice on things. his own voice. That's I mean, a good point. When Song. you hear him lyrically and and melody wise, there is no two of him. His, I, you know, there's I, one of. I him. think that's key for any good songwriter is to sound unique. And yeah. maybe not. We're not talking about experimental, but we're talking about you know from those words that that's a lyric that that guy would write. Yes, Absolutely. you know when you I, hear I think a that's song. very important. No matter what project he's doing, you know it's that dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the great writers, I think, have that kind of voice. Totally. You know, 
Uh, I'm going to go with, I mean, I'm just going to go with number one, but my all-time favorite, I mean, we all know it's coming, but it's Elvis Costello. I mean, yeah. he's yeah, of arguably, in my opinion, but also very much considered the greatest songwriter of all time. I mean, this dude has been... You think he's the greatest absolutely. songwriter Ab- of absolutely. all time? See, I, 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 I will, I will join done, you in saying he's one of the I great songwriters the of single. all time. He's but. done just about every genre. He's had hits in just about every genre. He performs them for himself. He's written hit songs for just about everybody and mm. across like genre across you mm. know, we're talking about Motown, jazz, classical. He's written operas. He's done it all. Mm. And they're all fucking great. That man has put out a body of work. I couldn't I don't even know how many records, and there's only one I don't really like. Mm. And it's only because it was just made in a weird time. And Daryl Hall comes and pisses all over it. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's wild. I think he uh-huh. is the greatest songwriter. I think his lyrics are un paralleled i yeah. think his he just is prolific he puts out a record or two a year still to this day now he um uh i know as somebody that you love that much there's tons of songs you can mention but if somebody was getting into elvis costello for the first time where would you send them would you send them to a greatest hits would you send them to a certain record because he's a period guy he, he is it's hard to do one it's record for so him. long yeah. i would need to know your backstory because I, <laughs> no, but that's this dude's been around for so long and he's done so much if you're coming to me like someone you're like i'm a i like singer song or like folky i'd make you go one way if you're like you know i'm more of like i like edgy shit i'd send you another way i mean this year's model is generally considered the best record it's mm. just they he was it's the first one with the attractions playing on it the attractions were touring a shitload at that time they were tight they were the whole thing on the road and they were you know it was six months after the first record and they were all on meth and they were fucking cranking shit out and they that record is intense. I mean, there's an energy to it. There's a punkness to it. There's an attitude. The lyrics are there. The hooks are there. It's it, it changed music for sure. I mean, that set the stage, the standard for new wave at the time, and and what was happening in punk. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's but you know, mm-hmm. I that's not my favorite record of his. Mine's Blood and Chocolate. I think Blood and Chocolate's vastly underrated. Huh. Okay. Okay. Intense. There you go, Kai. Not only is that one of his uh, favorite songwriters, he's saying as the greatest the, songwriter of all time. Absolutely. But as Kai, I do, I do have him tattooed on my arm yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, it is, is true. Yeah, he going is back tattooed to, on Kai. <laughs> yeah, so you know, he's opposite Leatherface in the pantheon of things. <laughs> I'll tell I love. you one thing. There's a Elvis Costello song that I stumbled upon, and I had the record for years since I was a kid. And for whatever reason, the song didn't do anything for me. But as an, a grown up, I heard it at some point. Yeah, probably two, three years ago, and it literally just one of those. songs songs that comes along and just literally fucking floors you it's the final song on mighty like a rose and it's called couldn't call it unexpected number two it <sighs> is in my opinion one of the most beautiful things yep. ever written the lyrics the words the melody the hope the the longing I, I to the point i listen to it and it makes me think about so much that i still don't know if it's a song of great hope or a song of utter it's misery both. and I, I watched a youtube of him introducing it and doing an acapella and he said it's a song of absolute great hope but i've been listening to but it like list- it was a song of absolute sadness i'm i'm literally it's gonna probably be on my funeral mix i have a, a which i'll leave with of one that. of you guys just in case <laughs> a version of that i'm gonna have to give you that he did a tour uh after the all, all this uses beauty came out and he did um a tour with him and steve naive just the two of them just piano and vocal mm-hmm I would love to hear that because oh, that's one of God. my favorite songs ever. Yeah, so. it's, that's I'm going to go with 
my favorite songwriter of all time and uh. arguably the greatest songwriter of all time. One of the few guys that could give Elvis Costello a run you for his money <laughs> is Tom Waits. All and right. I saw that little fucking cheat retweet you posted about a year ago knocking on my boy Tom Spoonie. Don't think that fucking didn't come my way. But Some this little smart-ass hipster comedian Spoonie like shit on Tom Waits and fucking you totally forwarded it. Not bitch. that I don't love Tom Waits, but you haven't truly loved a record he's put out in some time. Because every time he comes to the record, I'm like, Chris, we think that new Waits, man. It's really clicking on me. And you're like, it's all right. Don't act me. His okay. last record was maybe the best he's put out in fucking 15 years. And you're like, it's I all like right. It. I don't know. I like, it's, it. I like, I like it. it. But, uh, you know. He's my favorite songwriter. Um, in full disclosure, he is my dad's favorite songwriter, too. So it's something that I share with my dad. But a lot of people are turned off by his voice. It, you know, it's rough, it's throaty, very and different. his music became very bizarre later in his career. As we all know, he's got different periods, much like Elvis Costello. Yes. If somebody said, Chris, what's the best Tom Waits record? I'd say, I'll give you the best one in the 70s, I'll give you the yeah. best one in the 80s, and I'll give you the best one in the 90s, 2000s. But um, he has written some of the most utterly beautiful, heart-wrenching, gripping ballads that I think have ever been written. I mean, I could go on and on, but songs like Time, songs like Ruby's Arms, oh. uh, just I, you could go and go and go. I mean, just songs that just absolutely stun me and floor me and blow my mind. My favorite, Georgia Lee. Oh, oh. I mean, that song is just so <laughs> simple and plain. Kills me. Yeah. It's just, it's just, I, I, I'm speechless when I talk about him because I love him so much. But Clearly I would say not. my favorite Tom Waits record is Rain Dogs. I think Rain Dogs mm. is one of the greatest mm -hmm. records ever made, period. Agreed. When I no talk doubt. about Desert Island Records, it's often my number one. It is such a life experience and so intense, and he is a lyricist. Mm. Tom yeah. Waits, you got to like lyrics. If you like your songs because you're really captured by the melody and music, he'll, he'll suit for you, but he is a storyteller to the highest level, you know? Absolutely. And I mean, I just, he, and, you know, he's one of those dudes that like a Leonard Cohen thing where he'll write a six minute song that's all verse yeah it's just it's what he is it's it's remarkable he's one of my all time faves but let's keep going because that's great. the thing when we talk great, about our faves we go yeah, go yeah. go so we got a very new school guy in Ben Gibbard we got a legend in Elvis Costello we got a legend in Tom Waits Dan? What? I'm not. Well, who's your all time favorite? Kai just gave our all time favorites. You know, I'm not as big of a songwriter guy as, as you and Kai are. I mean, I, I know, you know, some Leonard Cohen, I know some Tom Waits, I know some Costello. I'm not really that, and I know I would be had I spent the time. I just haven't spent the time with any of them to really know. I was always sort of a, a pop rock guy. I never really got into this, this songwritery stuff until, mm -hmm. you know, later. I didn't even listen to Tom Waits until I met you. Um, you're welcome. So, favorites for me is... Dude, I think our engineer is dead asleep, dude. <laughs> Wake up, Johnny. <laughs> oh, no, that's on my list. That's where I was going, actually. Thank you, Kai, for the reminder. I'm a fucking Evernote right here. Uh, we, may have to, we may have to fucking check our top, top podcast topics when we put the engineer <laughs> asleep. Can somebody call Phil and check his vitals? <laughs> so, uh, so um, my next... Uh, you know, all-time top favorites for me. Yeah. Uh, one of them is going to be Ben Folds. Oh, wow. Because, again, not only is he an amazing musician and composer, the music he writes is beautiful and complex, but also his lyrics just grab me. They put me in the situation me that too. he's describing. And it's me just, too. you know, there's something magic about that. He's, he's, uh, he's got some throwaway songs, in my opinion. Certainly. I don't think he's always on the money. 
but he has some songs that are absolutely But perfect, everyone we just you know? have talked about oh, so far yeah, has some throwaway true. songs, And that's man. the thing. I don't you think there's a shitload song. of songs. If this there's is no, just, yeah, we if, talked about earlier, you write so many songs and not all of them are going to be good. Yeah, but even true. Fold's throwaway songs are better than most people's yeah. good songs. What's the oh, best yeah. Ben Fold's record? Like Ben Fold's five slash solo. Uh, what, what's, I, I, I mean, I have my favorite. Me too. Man. Again, you know, not too versed in his later stuff. Um, the first one obviously is amazing. I really like, uh, honestly, I really like Rockin' the Suburbs. I'm a big huh. fan of that record. Interesting, interesting. Um, I'm actually going to go with Dan on that. Really? I think that that's the best collection of songs. It is not the best well, still journey. Fighting, still fighting it is one hell of a song. That whole record, yeah. man. God, I mean, luckiest, the luckiest. The luckiest. Fred Jones yeah. part two. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah I like Fred, Fred Jones part I mean, one is better than part two, though. Different. Zach Very different. and Sarah, yeah. Rockin' the Suburbs. I mean, I just think it's a great I mean, collection yeah, of songs, and, and but it's not like gone. a journey. And it's not like Reinhold Messner, which is like, to me, that's like an opera. It's just a my favorite Falls word. record is whatever and ever, Amen. Great, oh man! And but lyrically, I love his lyrics. Great. He gives you yeah. visuals that a lot of writers don't get. And I've they're always, simple too. His, yeah. He's very straightforward. He doesn't fuck with you. He doesn't right. write. He a tells lot. you like a beginning of Zach and Sarah on a PV amp in 1984. Yeah. <laughs> I know that <laughs> yeah. my dad owned a small music store. Still does. I have sat on a PV amp probably in 1984 yeah. watching some guy try out a guitar I mean, yeah. just and I think what I like about songwriters and I think you guys do as well but it's the imagery it yeah. doesn't it's not the she fell in love with me and left me. That's easy to write. It's different to Make say me care about what her name was, yeah. where she was, and what you were wearing. And why she was important. When it happened. Yeah. Right. You know? Absolutely. Um, the Ben Folds is a great one. Dan's kind of representing the new school great songwriters, yeah. which is good. That's who I am. Who do you got, Kai? I mean, I'm actually You gave us your all-time fave. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go with, with a new school, too, only because I just think it's one of those monumental dudes. But I'm going to go with Dave Grohl. I mean, here's a guy who... Wow. who wow. Who... Wow. Ha- Without a doubt, change Nirvana. Without a doubt, yeah, no, his. Absolutely. I mean, you listen to his. No matter what he does, you can tell he's a part of it. He's drumming on, whether it's Nirvana or drumming for Queens of the Stone Age. It still sounds like Dave Grohl. He puts uh. his thumbprint on it. He's an incredible drummer. He puts melody in everything. His music that he, you know, the songs he writes musically are, are interesting. They're, the chords are interesting. They're musical. They're very hard to play. They're cool chords. They're unique. They're riffy. They're catchy. But the vocals are catchy too. This is a dude that writes like, you you feel, it's like Zeppelin. You write pop yeah. rock songs. I mean, and he no one in rock and roll right now rocks as hard as that motherfucker, but he still writes hits. That dude's, Got hits on every record, and un- uh, and we've talked about this. Hits. And Dave Grohl, in my opinion, as great as he is, basically did a deal with the devil because there's nothing that he does. <laughs> but he he it, can man. do anything. Everybody loves him. Punk kids, rock kids, ska kids, emo but kids. That says Dave something, Grohl dude. Is loved by Listen, all. It's because it's because he's doing. He can do something anything. Did you ever read Rolling Stone all. random notes? It's like, hey, did you see Dave Grohl shit this week? I mean, literally, they but it's probably him at gold. It sounds level. good. It's probably got good <laughs> tone. He probably he probably fucking farts good tones. Yeah. You want you want to hear probably my farts and sweet riffs. My, my uh, Dave Grohl story. Owen Busey calls me a couple of years ago <laughs> on the phone. Wakes me up. Guy calls me um, and says, uh, "Chris, wake up." Dave Grohl's at the bicycle shop around the corner from your house. 
I vault out of bed and fucking run downstairs, grab Nirvana, never mind off the shelf, grab a Sharpie. I mean, I haven't even opened my eyes yet. This pure, I'm on pure adrenaline and instinct. Hop in my car, piece of shit, if you will, fly to the bicycle shop, which is literally around the corner, right? I fucking pull up into the slot. Owen was in the bicycle shop, was behind line with Dave Grohl. And I'm, I'm, I'm an autograph nut, you know, and Dave Grohl, I'm a Nirvana you know, Nirvana changed my life. I'm very open about saying that. So to me, that's to be that close to Nirvana. Run it, park my car, go to open the door, and who do I almost hit in the asshole? Dave Grohl, who is putting his baby in the car. Oh. And even I- You kill his uh, baby. Yeah, totally. oh, God. <laughs> even I, who, am, uh, who am, am overtly, completely comfortable walking up to a celebrity and asking for a picture and autograph, even I knew my place and said, if he was in the store buying a bike, totally appropriate. But you just can't do that to a man who's putting a child into his car. And keep in mind, I peeled in and my car made noise. You know, Dave Grohl <laughs> yeah. turned around and looked at the shit box. He, you know? he looked at that shit box coming a mile away. Yeah, he probably he, heard you start it in front of your house. Yeah, he's like, what uh, am I just going to be like random like, oh, <laughs> I just happen to have Nevermind in a Sharpie. I'm and still listening to this. Yeah, and it's open to your page. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, so I didn't go there, but I mean, I know he is one of your all-time faves. Absolutely, but I just think there's a reason he speaks to people. I and mean, you don't, you think like he had the easy way, but you forget this guy was the drummer in Nirvana. They changed everybody's life. He comes out of that. He gets an offer to play drums for Tom Bay and the Heartbreakers. He says no. He says no. I'm kind of doing my own thing. Like I'm going to work. I'm going to do. I mean, granted, it's easy to do when you have that much money. But he still had the balls. He oh, he does what he wants, and he's just. I just honestly think he he does something as far as songwriting goes. There's a reason it appeals to that many groups of people. It's because he's just fucking good at it and that's a dude to put out a lot of music and all of it's good again songs that are better than others absolutely but he's never put out a record that sucks mm-hmm. he hasn't that's great uh, yeah he's great and he wrote everlong which is a masterpiece yeah. 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 pound for pound in my opinion you want to talk about the greatest rock songs ever written that has to be in the conversation without a doubt yeah. that song's song, amazing yeah i rarely hear a song for the, the first time you hear a song and it gives you goosebumps or knocks you out at first. The first time you hear a song, you're like, dude, I think I really like this. And then maybe the second or third time, you're like, holy shit. That I can count probably on two hands times where I've heard a song and the first time I've heard it got punched in the gut. I remember where I was when I heard that song, driving down Mills by the Chinese (laughs) Panda Buffet. It came on the radio and I literally was like, what? Is this? I mean, like, literally, it came out of the speakers and just I mean, that like that song's you know. so good that you don't even think about my hero, which is yeah. like as far as like ballads like mm. that goes. I mean, that's one of the most powerful ballads. Mm. I, I think Best of You. I mean, dude, the lyrics to that, the power yeah. of that song, and that's you such and I, a you and I song. disagree a little bit because I like the Foo Fighters, but I don't love them. Absolutely. I think they've got a lot of filler, and you say no, it's all awesome. But I also understand that there are. St- Every record, songs that are like the hits, those are the like transcendental songs. I think songs he's got everyone. some crunchy rock throwaways, mm. you know. But okay, I'm, I'm gonna take my my second favorite singer songwriter, and I've I've often debated this in my head many a times because I love singer songwriters. But we're not talking about singer songwriters; we're talking about songwriters. Yeah. Doesn't matter about the genre. Randy Newman. Oh, well, Randy well Newman is an absolute musical genius. He went on a roll where literally I'm talking like, and he didn't make a lot of records, but he went on a roll for 20 years 
every record was amazing. And he, it took a couple years in between records, but I think he's written some of the most beautiful ballads of all time. I think he's written some of the most emotional, heart-wrenching stuff of all time. But he's also written some of the most, he wrote, I Love L.A., I which is the most simplistic, over-the-top city anthem I hear ever. it every time I go to a Dodgers game. Yes, yeah. you do. Every single time. And every time when they win, I am stuck. Doked. I'm like, I fucking love LA yeah. too. Thanks, Randy and, Newman. And everybody <laughs> knows Randy Newman now from the Disney thing. He fell yeah. into, he's a, basically oh, he's yeah. a music composer now, you know? Um, but I was lucky enough to interview him for an article in the paper. And uh, to, to his credit, he was a sweet, wonderful, cool guy. Um, and on top of that, Owen and I went to see him uh, playing yeah. in Santa Barbara. And he, when I met him afterwards, was appreciative, remembered the interview, signed a personalized huge autograph That's for amazing. me it was just he was just a great person and there's nothing better than meeting one of your heroes and having them be a good guy but if you're out there and you've never you only know randy newman because of pixar and monsters inc and toy story please go buy the record or go download the record good old boys oh, go download so the record good, little man. criminals go download the record trouble in paradise go download the record land of dreams i mean these are masterpiece I would agree with that. Masterpiece yeah. records. Yeah. You know? Definitely. He's one of my all-time favorites. And I think he's one underrated as well. Like, nobody really knows who he is. As a songwriter, yeah. you know? Yeah. But he's probably richer than everybody we just named because of those damn oh, movies. he absolutely is. But yeah. he's one of those guys, same, and he's not like a songwriter that writes for other dudes. He writes his own shit. Yeah. He's just kind of like... He just flies under the radar. He's, yeah. He figured the business out. Yeah, yeah he and really then did. this is a guy that's been. But out he of did it. have a heyday. I mean, he yeah. was famous as fuck when those rec- when he was having. Yeah, to a hits. certain extent, he had that novelty yeah. hit. Short yeah. people was like a top it's five hilarious. novelty Absolutely, song, but he was. You know, and he's very. And another thing, a lot of people mistake him. And what makes him a great songwriter, really quick, is the fact that he does characters. He writes from characters' perspectives a lot, and he's gotten in a lot of trouble and a lot of flack. People, that's racist. But he tells a story often from a character's point of view, and he. Tackled some really crazy topics. Yeah. To put, he, I mean, he's written about slavery. He's written about racism. He's written about all sorts of crazy stuff in the course of a three, four minute song, which is intense. You know, let's knock a couple, just real quick ones. Fire some other people off that you really like. Uh, well, it's a little bit of overlap, but I'm going to go with Rhett Miller. Oh yeah, old ninety seven. Really? From old ninety seven. She was on our underrated Rhett bands Rhett podcast. Raggy. <laughs> Red Butler. Yeah. Scooby Doo. Jamin. Great, great songwriter. Great, great melodies. Again, one of those guys that has his voice. Like you hear him, or you hear no. some of his lyrics. You're like, that's Rhett Miller. Very melodic. Very melodic. Yeah, great. Yeah. Kai, throw Fuck another yeah. one our way. Uh, I'm, I'm actually going to go with Elton John and Bernie Taupin. I'm going to go with a songwriting duo because I think they're. You know what I'm saying? Okay. That's, that's the first fucking... couple records, yeah. After no that, that way. guy just fucking took a swim down the shitter. Dude, the 80s fucked everybody, but you're telling me that through the 70s he wasn't great? He was great. He was great. You, Goodbye, I Yellow know you Br- like those early... Yeah, Goodbye, you know Goodbye, Yellow Bigger is like one Captain of the best Fantastic. songs ever written. You gotta yeah. be out of your mind if you, you don't like... I mean, your song is one of the most beautiful ballads yeah, yeah. ever written. Dude, yeah. I think that that's just... I mean, everyone took a shit in the 80s. Yeah. Most most people... Think about Ellen. He's prolific, man. Yeah, yeah. He put out... I mean, I collect vinyl, and he's one of the guys I collect. And I just, it's insane. Well, that's Every because, time I go there, there's yeah, some but there's record so many live records. That, again, he put out a lot in the 80s, yeah. and the 80s was a terrible decade. But 
You stop him before those electronic drums get into his mm-hmm. records, and every one of those records Fair is enough. good. I'm going to, just because it must be stated and it must be said if we're talking about the greats. And we're not talking about the greats. We're talking yeah. about our favorites. Right. One of my favorites and also one of the greats, if not the greatest, is Bob Dylan. Yeah. Bob Dylan absolutely. is Bob Dylan is Bob Dylan. There is the Beatles in my mind, and then there is Bob Dylan. Yep. And, the, you know. Everyone wants Bob's to. Bob's written dudes. some shit. But <laughs> what Bob has written that is good is being beyond comprehension that is a man that changed music he's yeah. the guy that really put words and poetry into popular music it was buddy holly and shit yeah. you know and all mm. of a sudden he comes along he's singing about like the end of the world and in seven minutes no- in a hard day's rain and some know? people aren't noticing some people yeah. are just like they're rocking along to the song not listening to what the yeah. fuck he's saying which i think is a brilliant thing about a lot of songwriters if you can write a song that people just want to sing and not think about right. or people want to think about yeah. I mean that's that's a I that's mean a skill. you take the first 15 years of Bob Dylan's career and there's nothing that can touch it I mean Agreed. oh god uh, my favorite record is Blood on the Tracks of course oh, but oh Tangled god, Up in Blue Simple Twist yeah. I mean that's a podcast Bob is his own podcast yes. as it should be let's get, let's get a couple quick more off because this uh, is a nice long one I'm going to go with um, I can't remember the other guy's name Adam Schlesinger and the other guy from Fountains of Wayne oh <laughs> wow well wow. played so well wow well, I mean that's a great underrated yeah. band Fountains of Wayne we'll I have know. to get into them but I'm fucking with you the, the those, stuff they write that's off the chain is off the chain yeah. so good I mean those first three Fountains of Wayne records are some of the best records made in that period of time I you know? completely agree with you yeah I'm going to go a little off the beaten path this one and just, it's a, it's a Chris Collingwood is the, the other gentleman. Oh, is yes. that his name? Yeah. Okay, thank you. So this is a group. He's very funny on Twitter. This is not one dude. This band writes as a band and it's one of those that you, uh, they've separated and it's shit just ain't right without it and they talk about it. It's, <laughs> it's the band Radiohead. That's oh. a band's a collective. They write together. They write all the songs together and this is a band that has put out a lot of records. They've had accolades. They have huge success. They haven't had a hit in God knows how long but they, with every record, change music and they're one of those bands that they put out a record. Everyone in the indie scene tries to Rep, be that record and then their next record completely totally different. is a n- whole new idea and it's all instruments they don't fuck around mm. with electron like they fuck around with electronics uh, with the analog first, the, them, yeah. the, you know the, the first three Radiohead records yeah, oh. are, are, oh. and they're still though they're still making great there's a ballad Fake, fake Plastic Trees is a flat out fucking there masterpiece no a, matter how many times I hear it there is a ballad so on their many. last record and I know you didn't listen to it because I a did lot not. of people a lot of the people like the first two records gave up but there's a ballad I on the, the their last record that it, it's one of the it's same thing where the imagery and the lyrics to it and it's just a beautiful ballad are one of those things the first time I heard it I cried it just it's, it was just it's just a, you can just you're there with him and he's just like this dude that goes through all this shit and chaos and he's just like he's just having a moment to himself and it's just fucking brilliant and he's wow. still writing I'd have to, I'd have to hear songs. that song it's yeah. cr- oh god cool. it's so good well uh, one, I'm gonna throw one more in we'll do one more round and we'll close it out but um, keeping in some of the the 70s singer songwriter type guys that I tend to listen to a lot on my own that I'm a fan of um, I'm gonna say John Prine John Prine is a folky slash country singer songwriter you're on your own very J-Man. simple yeah. but very <laughs> clever out of my wheelhouse and uh I, I couldn't recommend his his workload enough. I mean, he he is a great lyricist, simple, clever, straightforward, yet heart-wrenching. If you don't believe me, find the song Six O'Clock News. It'll blow your mind. But John Prine is one of my personal faves. Hmm. Dan? Uh, rel- <laughs> relatively recent one, um, Biffy Claro. Well, I, I think their songwriting is, writing is 
fucking great. Singer writes all them jams. Okay, well that guy, that dude. Yeah. Good job. Who, who are playing in Los Angeles? I just saw on this motherfucking Valentine's Day. The one day a year it's gonna take three hours to get into Hollywood. Fucking motherfuckers. Assholes. Just have to miss them. Sorry, Biffy Claro. Come back another day. They write. They write great songs. They're catchy. They they're hooky. They have good lyrics. Again, they've transported me into where they are. They'd be nothing without Dave Grohl, though. And they're good. <laughs> Dave Grohl set that bar. He did. It's true. You're like the Illuminati with Dave Grohl, dude. We're going to find like a DG tattoo. <laughs> How about one, one more Forking Elvis. You, Favorite songwriters. I'm going to go, I'm going to do a throwback too. I'm going to say Matt Pryor. Oh, wow. I think yeah, a so. huge, another modern one, but huge body of work, huge body of work. And I mean, more good than bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Matt Pryor from the Get Up Kids yep. and uh, one of our unrated band faves. Um, last but not least, I'm going to throw out another uh, 70s singer-songwriter cat, uh, Warren Zevon. Warren Zevon um, is best known for Werewolves of London. That was his hit, so to speak. Oh. But uh, he just has, he is no longer with us. Actually, I think it's the first guy that we've talked about that's not alive. Everybody else we discussed today is alive, barely. Bob Dylan, barely. <laughs> yeah. barely. Sang, on. Bob Dylan's sounded dead for 10 years. Barely, but um, <laughs> Warren Zevon uh, um, just wrote, he was very quirky is the word, and I love singer-songwriters that go into weird places and dark places and just strange stuff. He has a line in his song, the cattle all have bursalosis, but we'll get by somehow. I mean, like, bursalosis in a song, but it's an amazing song, you know? There ain't much to country living sweat piss jizz and blood i mean like that's a good line and the whole song's about uh leonard skinner being dead and a country family living on a farm devastated that skinner's dead i mean that's a that's a cool topic for a song, you know. Talk about my family. <laughs> so Aww. there you have it, folks. There's some of our favorite songwriters of all time, from big like Bob Dylan to slightly smaller like Chris and Adam from Fountains of Wayne. Yep. We'll come back to this topic. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I mean, maybe this is a time for another little mix. Maybe we could put together a little Spotify playlist of some Good of our call. favorite yeah, writers. Sure. We'll do Good that. Idea. We'll discuss everyone that we talked to today. So as always, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week with another amazing topic and potentially a guest and uh, it's always been a pleasure and Dan where can everybody find us online uh, at Spoon and DX on Twitter for me okay. at Obi-Wan Kainobi at Twitter at uh, at Obi Kai One at Twitter. Um, <laughs> Shit, two ats. At Army of Freshmen. You can find us on Twitter. Always please use the hashtag Fresh Talk Podcast. Um, and we want these questions. We want some topics. We want to hear what you want us to talk about. We've gotten some great ideas. Again, uh, people are demanding a modern video game talk. People are demanding a mm. Sega Genesis talk. Mm. People are demanding a pro wrestling talk. Mm. People are demanding um, uh, a lot of people on the comedy episode last week. Apparently we missed some classics, and there were some oh, people no, we've, furious we, about spaceballs. Furious oh, wow. about we could have um, gone on for a week about that, though. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we're going to go back to a lot of those topics again and revisit. I, you them. know, I heard somebody recommended we do a whole show about Wes Anderson. Mm. I mean, I think there's a lot of those we people. Could. Uh, Mel Brooks. I mean, yeah. good guy. We, there's just, we'll get more specific. Yeah, we yeah. just want to let we, you we're know. We're starting yeah. general. We yeah. got to go general before we get deep. You know, it's like you know, you got to. Yeah, you don't. You know. We're dry humping here. Yeah, exactly. We're dry. I was gonna say, you know, you don't you don't drop your fist in right away. You know, Speak you got you got to go a couple finger, you know, finger at a time. Yeah, yeah. We're we're we're, we're dry humping the topics. Don't worry. We'll you know we'll, we'll yeah. No, we'll, we'll we'll be up in your b hole. Yeah, we'll tongue that Wes Anderson. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
I almost said something really. No, you did it. It's over. No, I didn't. Freaked you out. I did it. I stopped. I didn't talk about <laughs> Wes Anderson. Yeah, we'll get up in Wes Anderson's. <laughs> no, Jay, man, you will get into Wes Anderson's butthole. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, I think we'll on a on a. On that note, we'll roll. But thank you for listening. We're going to keep it up, and we're going to keep going, and we'll have another podcast for you next week. Please retweet. Please share. Please let people know this is happening every single week. And uh, we appreciate all our listeners out there, and we'll talk to you all very soon. Good job, Tobias Funke.